0: It's The Theonauts, episode 185. The one where we have a spiritual moment listening to the Beatles. The Theonauts podcast.
1: Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Christian listeners out there. I'm David Gaddy.
0: I'm Jeremiah
1: Orr. And together we are the 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 Theonauts! Theonauts! How you doing, David? Pretty good. You know, it's hard to get us to say something together on Zoom.
0: Yeah, it is because I think the
1: way it works is like there's some sort of sound gate that turns off when one of us is talking and the other one. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if I do
0: know what you're saying, and that's actually right. But the thing is, and then of course we have the added thing that you can hear the stingers and I can't, so I have no idea. Oh,
1: that's that's right. So weirdness. So this technology thing, this COVID thing. So, well, the last time we did this was the COVID, the COVID episode.
0: That's right. And since then we did get a new board. Yes. Uh, Shout out to uh, our patrons on Patreon, helping us get a new soundboard because the other one went kaput.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, so you guys may not realize that, um, that, that your patronage is going anywhere. Uh, but this was a perfect example. We were dead in the water. My soundboard just blew out completely. I had no way of recording the show whatsoever, unless we were just going to do it with a tape recorder. (laughs) And, and, uh, and so you guys came through, man. I looked into the the uh, Patreon account, and there was just about enough money there to to get a new uh, soundboard. Woo-hoo. So yes, thank you, you guys. Um, y'all are amazing. I sent everybody that's a patron uh, an email personally to thank them for uh, for their help. Um, it definitely came in handy. And we're trying to to stay semi regular here. We've got our, our metamucil and,
0: <laughs> wow! Coming from an almost fifty year old, that's uh, believable. <laughs>
1: hey, watch yourself. <laughs> How many days now
0: until you're fifty?
1: How many days? I, I don't know. I'm not like counting that down. It's, you're not? No, <laughs> no. Uh, see, my birthday is May twenty second. So. Oh, wow. Whatever so, that is. You got a little while. It's a month. Your- it's April 23rd. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The only reason I, I say that is because Christina I have been talking about gifts. We're trying to figure out the perfect thing. I think Christina got you something already, but uh, really, I have yet to add my yeah. flair. Yeah, you're going to like it. Because of your pen, uh, your pension for what you're wearing right now, you're going to like What's what? What I'm wearing?
1: So, I'm wearing a wife beater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you got to show your guns
0: off right your 50 year old guns that's right which reminds me so i'm watching through batman right like i'm just going nuts over batman lately i don't know why yeah past yeah. week i've just been Batmaning it up and i went back and i watched uh the dark knight returns which is your favorite yes Am I right. yes
1: i love yeah. that one mm-hmm.
0: yeah and
1: I think I know why it's your favorite. Because he's old. Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and <laughs> he's and he's just, still kicking everybody's butt.
0: Exactly. That's the reason why. It's <laughs> like he can't hold that guy down. He may be gray, but man, he's beating up people <laughs> left and right. That didn't stand a chance. I so,
1: will. Uh, I will say my. <laughs> the portrayal of Superman in that series is not my favorite because I really love Superman and they really paint yeah, him kind of in a weird way in that, uh, comic, but,
0: but he's it, basically like the go-to boy for the government, right? He's yeah. In that
1: he's a goody two shoes with the, he, and even though the government is doing things wrong, he's still supporting them. And, but yep. it's, uh, it's just, but you know, Frank Miller's dark. And so Superman doesn't fit into that very well. Oh, Zack Snyder yeah. can tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Superman doesn't work well when he's dark.
0: <laughs> no, at all. Very true. Uh, but, you know, I am, I'm actually getting excited about the new Batman movie, which they pushed back production on. Right. I was, well, uh, I was really excited because I think they're going to go, I've, hear, I've heard a lot of rumors that they're going to go zero year with it. Mm. Like, yeah. The the newer comics, I don't know if you've heard anything about zero year, but it is it's really good. The zero so year
1: comics. Does that mean we're going to get another movie with Batman's origin? It might be, yeah. <laughs> but this origin is way
0: better than the I like it better than the definitive origin. So is it... Year so one.
1: It's different than year one? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I think... The, wasn't year we, one what uh, Batman Begins was really kind of based on? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. But this one is more... Batman's living... In, in zero year, he's living in the slums of Gotham. Like... And... Uh, doing a lot of stuff without the mat like without the batman uh mantle before he puts it on like he's even wearing a rubber mask thwarting this game gang, and it's just weird and he's not high tech he's a lot more he's a lot more detective than he is high tech billionaire bruce wayne so it'll be good i i think it'll be good that's uh, that's cool anyways
1: that's not a Batman talk. This is not a Batman podcast. No, but, but <laughs> hey, this is going to, it works. It works with, with our topic. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, um, there's also, uh, I don't want to announce anything yet, but we have some exciting news, uh, on the horizon, uh, yes. of a project that, uh, that we're currently, uh, involved with and we'll, we'll give you some more information uh, about that as it unfolds. But it will. It it will. It's actually uh, pertinent to uh, our discussion that we were just having too. So it'll be absolutely some fun things on the horizons. We're not dead yet. We're just like Batman and Batman in uh, the the Dark Knight Returns. We're 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 old, but we're we still got it. Can't hold us down. Yeah, just have to just have to uh, uh, put the. uh, uh, the Ben Gay on when we're through. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, Thanks we re- re- them. we ready to get yeah, rolling. Okay. Yep. You know, before we get into the topic, I was just thinking we'll have to try uh, Discord. And see how Theonauts over, you know, the app discord. Have you ever used that before?
0: I've heard of it. I've never
1: used it. Uh, I was think about maybe we should try it because from what I understand, it doesn't have the noise gate thing. It doesn't have the, I don't know. yeah, you can both talk over each other and it's still, it's, you can still hear everybody. So huh. we should try that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play maybe with it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll play with that That's next a good idea. So, all right so this
0: topic is your your topic but it's something that we have i think we've touched on a lot in theonauts past but never really directly made an episode about it
1: right yeah we've never actually had um, um and so, go ahead
0: so yeah so we've never actually had a, an, a, an episode on it and it's something that we're both interested in because because of our love of pop culture and our love of music and movies and art. um, Something that we've discussed a lot in detail. Um, Whenever I was a kid, I can start this off. Whenever I was a kid, uh, there was a definitive line to me. Um, uh, And we're talking about sacred versus secular, right? Right. And there was a definitive line growing up. Well, this is, this is Christian music, or these are Christian movies, or this is a, a Christian show, right? Mm-hmm. Or this is Christian art, um, and this is non-Christian art. This is non-Christian movies. These are bad things that we shouldn't be involved in. Um, I remember uh, having to hide uh, rock and roll CDs from my parents because of this, especially like Led Zeppelin and some <laughs> other... <laughs> uh, albums like the Eagles. I'll never forget. Uh, I came home with hotel California. My, my dad about had a conniption fit. Um, Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so this is an interesting topic. Um, for today, I think.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. This has been on my heart like for a long time, but, uh, it's really been coming up, showing up in all kinds of things. I've been studying, reading, uh, running into, uh, from a um, um, a standpoint of of church issues and things of this nature and it and it goes so much beyond just the entertainment industry. it goes um, into this whole concept that God is sovereign over everything and that's kind of where we want to start and end up is that uh, we as Christians, have a tendency to put things in little boxes and not just Christians. I mean, everybody does this for different things, but uh, Christianity is no different. Uh, we, we put things in little, this is our thing. This is, this is God's moment. This is God's time. This is, you're on God's time now, you know? I mean, it's like, uh, and, and a good example of this is Sunday mornings. We, you know, we've, we've made Sunday mornings sacred And you may hear me say that and then go, whoa, don't touch my Sunday morning. What are you saying? The Bible says, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, that little hour is no more sacred than the hour before it or the hour after it. Right. I mean, God is—and that might not even be, hey, I'm cutting down that sacred hour, but what I'm doing is elevating— the non-sacred hours up to its level. That's what I'm trying to say. There, sure. There's no difference between sacred and secular. God doesn't say, this is the time that's mine and this is the time that's yours. That's never the case with God. And that scares some people because some people think, well, I'm on my best behavior during that hour. <laughs> so what do I do? You know, I can't be good all the time. Well, that's... Part of our sure. yeah. As human beings,
0: it's it's natural us natural for us to compartmentalize these things because then we can we can kind of handle them and not only handle them but have excuses for them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is you know this is my sacred time, this is my my secular time, this is my secular side, you know my my job or, you know, my entertainment or any, whatever. Yeah. This is my secular side. And then on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And if you're a good Baptist on Tuesday evening visitation, right. Those are my sacred, those are my sacred times. And, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. The fact that we've even, we have these words for that. Um, is a sign of wh- where we are as human beings. The fact that we don't really want. Uh, accountability sometimes uh for for what we do which is pretty interesting. So yeah. define sacred and secular.
1: Yeah, well and of course obviously the word sacred and holy uh, those are are pretty synonymous and it just simply means set apart like um uh, and the the scriptures do use the word holy but it uses it in a lot broader term than what we than what we do. In fact, the the scriptures will come out and say, "You are now holy. You were once this, but now you're you're holy. You've been made holy." And basically, that's just talking about our atonement and our positional stance. But uh, God is still present in all of it, and the scriptures talk about that as as well. Secular is a term we we basically say that this, this is not. A godly thing or it's 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 agnostic more so than atheistic it's it's not um it's 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 or it's amoral it doesn't have a slant toward god it doesn't have a slant not toward god it's just it's not in the sacred bucket so everything that's right. b- basically not sacred is secular as right. as we've defined it
0: uh whenever I was a kid. We had CDs. We don't have CDs anymore. Everything's downloaded. But whenever I was a kid, we had CDs and CD players. And so in in my car, I had, you know, the big books of CDs, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I had had two of them. And one of them I actually took on Sharpie and I wrote Christian music. And on the other one, I wrote secular music. Yeah. Okay? Uh, And then I organized my music by those defining lines. And I'll never forget one time my buddy Toby got into my car and he was rifling through my CDs and he got upset and offended by the word secular. And he he didn't understand really what it meant. He thought it meant like sexy music or like, you know, (laughs) and so he'd be looking and be like, dude, there's nothing secular about this band. And I I was like, you don't understand the word secular. It just means non-Christian. And he's like, uh, okay, I guess. But now, like, looking back on that, I can kind of understand that. It's, it's almost a negative connotation, that word. Yes. We, we get to other things as a negative connotation. If it's not Christian, then it's its not set apart. It's, it's mundane. It's not, you know, it's, it's not important, or it's other, right? Yeah.
1: Like, it doesn't belong to God.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And- so, this is my music whenever I want to rock out but this is my music whenever I want to be super pious and spiritual.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and, to, and to me, that also kind of points to our hearts, because what right. we're trying to do is we're trying to make room for God, but make room for our flesh. And and it's not really part of the problem is that we're condemning things that should not be condemned. And therefore we're calling it fleshly. We're calling it secular, but it's really not. It's It's still... You know, a blessing from God—that something that has been given to us by God—and that we have uh, falsely labeled as not His or not holy, and that sort of thing. And and you know, there's all kinds of um, of debate. So people are going to think that I might be saying, "Okay, I'm I'm poo-pooing church." You know, don't go to church. And which, by the way, we talked about that last week. You can't go to church anyway. (laughs)
0: That's right.
1: (laughs) Because you are the church. If you, are, if, you are, if you belong to Christ. And so, right. you know, some people will say, well, uh, you know, the mountains are my church. Or this rock concert is my church. Or whatever. And people will make those arguments. My argument against those is not necessarily the same as other Christians might make. I do think that corporate worship is important. I think, I think it's, it's, it's important because it builds community in Christianity. It's the body working together and things of that nature. It's not necessarily because God has ordained a command that you step into these sacred doors during this sacred hour. That's not what I'm saying at all. It has to do with community and, mm-hmm. and because we need each other as a church. Right. Uh, you, it, church wasn't meant to be done alone. And so uh, I can also say that the mountains are my church, like my church building, uh, but I certainly want my church family with me. Like, <laughs> that would be awesome, you know? <laughs> and, um, and and yeah, you can—I mean, I can tell you that some of the best worship experiences I've ever had were around a campfire or uh, setting out at night and not necessarily on a Sunday morning, and that's as much church as anything else, Um so the whole. Yeah. So the, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I agree with
0: you, and I was, um. I was looking back at how we how we define these things, and uh, and and talking about nature. If you look back in the Genesis account, God is the author and creator of all all nature. Yes. Right. So, then, all of nature. Including mankind has a spiritual aspect to it. Yes, because it was created by God, and and every time that God created something, what He say, it is good. It is good, right? <clears throat> and he says it is very good, and I think about what what you're talking about. It's amazing to me. The most spiritual accounts that most Christians have are usually when they're at camp, like either a youth camp or a retreat, right? Mm. They're somewhere out in nature with their brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping God. And why is that? I think it's, it's because that nature is sacred, just like, just like the church, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's
1: well, let me give you a, a perfect example of this. Um, I was out, there was kind of some irony in this, the way it all worked out, but, I was sitting outside the other night, and a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll lay up under the stars, worship. You know, we're out here in the in the sticks, right? So, um, I've got a pretty good dark sky. I got uh, I got a couple of ponds, so which means the frogs are going nuts. I got whippoorwills that just started up; they're they're yelping out in the darkness, and then you got coyotes in the background. So you got all this creative uh these things that God created and and beautiful things like most of us just go through life and we don't notice we don't notice this stuff but it's like it's like looking at the handiwork of a great artist. So we set up places like the Louvre in Paris uh where uh I guess it's in Paris. It's in France somewhere. where where you can see all these great works of art right that the greatest artists who ever lived you know the works of Michelangelo and Da Vinci and 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 all these things are on display Van Gogh and you go in there and you can just quietly look at the masterpiece and and just be in awe with how well it was put together what's cool is you can step out your back door and see a much more intricate work of art anytime you want. Like God like invested, he, like he's the best artist in the world, and he's done like an amazing job. So anyway, I'm out here a lot of times in the evenings, just hanging outside and trying to soak in what God's done. And I picture in my mind, uh, and this is this fits in with the Psalms as well. Uh, King David would write, you know, the whole earth sings your praises. Like he says things like that all the time, the stars sing your songs and, and, um, the thunder shouts your name and, and, and things of, uh, he, he adds like this, um, this personality to all these things of creation and gives them, uh, tells, basically explains they're celebrating God. They're praising him. So yeah, we all know that these frogs are mating, and they're making mating calls. But the fact that they, that God created them to make these calls in such a way to procreate to his creation even further, they're singing praises. Like, it's beautiful, yeah. And so anyway, I was out there one night, and I was listening to the frogs and just thinking about how they were worshiping. And then uh, I got like a notification. I pull up my phone, and it takes me out of the moment, and I'm flipping through uh, Facebook. And some guy i know posted on facebook he said if if the if the worship music you're listening to can be sang by a buddhist or a muslim without any problems then that's not worship <laughs> and that it infuriated me i started to type but you know me i don't do this on facebook <laughs> We don't. <laughs> so I started to just type, dude, my, my songs are being sung by frogs. And that's the most Christian worship ever. Because that's what he was saying. It's not Christian. If, you're, if your worship song, and he was basically talking about the watered down nature of some of the lyrics in a lot of modern day worship songs and stuff like this. Is, that's what he was kind of getting at. But my point is that even the frogs can sing Christian music. "Quote unquote Christian songs because yeah. they're glorifying God in their creative being.
0: Well, it, it, you you brought up a really good point with the Psalm. I I pulled out a couple of them. Uh, Psalm eight, right? Mm-hmm. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them? You made them rulers over the works of your hands, you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals in the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim uh, the paths of the sea. I mean, this is a psalm about nature and the God of nature. But I think that Buddhist monk could probably sing the same
1: thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, or a Muslim. Uh, the, cool th- the cool thing is, is that this is, it's almost like, God is just smiling at some of this because even atheists or Buddhists or Muslims or some, even if they are singing some song that's pointed at the beauty of the earth, they're really praising God, honestly. They just don't know right. they are. Like, like, that's... And so it's almost like God going, check this out. I get this guy praising me. He doesn't even know he's doing it. So... <laughs> so um so anyway my my whole point around that is that uh we've done too too big of a job of trying to divide all this. Um I want to hit a couple of verses. Um Colossians 3 is and this and this happens a few times in the scriptures where um where we're told to, you know to make God the most important thing. But if we look at some of what it's saying in it um it basically tells us that we can't separate our lives into little buckets, into a holy bucket and a non-holy bucket. That once we're once we're Christ, we belong to Him. He's He's made us holy, and we're prophets. I mean, sorry, we're priests, uh, we're kings. We've been set aside. So in Colossians 3, um, let's see, let's look at um, let's look at verse 12, starting with verse 12. do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So he's telling us all these things to do. And this is not just, OK, on Sunday, I need you to put these things on. I need you to love one another. I need you to, uh, to let Christ rule in your heart on Sunday. Um, <laughs> you know, he's not saying this. Uh, um, he's, he says, let. Christ's words dwell in us, living with us richly, teaching one another. And then he talks about singing. And notice he mentions spiritual songs, songs that that are being poured out by your spirit. And we can also kind of look at this to think, okay, he's dividing things into secular and sacred, but he's not. Uh, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, he's basically, this is a poetic structure just talking right. about uh, the same type of thing over and over. Uh, we've right. we've done our best to try and divide those into small little pieces and say, okay, what's a psalm and what's a hymn and what's a spiritual song? Uh, really, this is just about being um, encouraging through music um, to one another. And um, so it's like, okay, so which, you know, when we sing a song, there can be a Christian, quote unquote, Christian song that doesn't even mention Christ. It doesn't even mention Jesus. It might not have even been written by, by a Christian. Uh but it could still be a spiritual song. It can still be um, you know, a hymn or a, or a psalm in ways. So, um So, let's see. What Okay, let's talk about the label. You you mentioned, you know, the label Christian Music. Yeah. Earlier What's the difference between a Christian song and a non-Christian song? or a second, well, obviously, a Christian song has, has Christ in it, right? Okay, <laughs> so let's start. We could start there. So a Christian song would have to mention the name of Jesus at some point in order to be considered Christian. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so maybe <laughs> you, could, you could say instead of Jesus...
0: Uh, you can have the ambiguous you, but you know, it has to be about. <laughs>
1: right. Right. So, so <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Because, um, what, cause what we do is we end up putting things, we end up making rules around it. That's what we end up doing. You right. Know. Um, and you know, I've heard, I've heard, and I, I'm going to use this term because this is the accepted term, not because I feel like it should be a label. But when I say a Christian artist, I'm talking about someone who is, their music's being played on, quote-unquote, Christian radio stations. and oh, <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, uh, or Christian rock or Christian yeah. metal. Like, there's all kinds of Christian uh, monikers that get thrown out on this. So um, I've heard, there's all this debate about, well, that song doesn't even mention Jesus in it at all. Or it doesn't mention God. Or it doesn't mention this. And so it it got to where if you're a quote unquote Christian artist and you don't specifically add this into your lyrics, well, then it doesn't work. Um, What this is, is this is an agenda. So um, what makes a work Christian is really the agenda. Well, okay, so
0: I have a I have an idea here. Okay. I pulled up a song, one of my favorite songs ever, that used to be played on Christian music all the time. Um, and I'm going to read the lyrics, okay?
1: Okay.
0: Well, it took the hand of God Almighty to part the waters in the sea, but it only took one little lie to separate you and me. Oh, we are not as strong as we think we are. And they say that one day, Joshua, he made the sun stand still in the sky, but I can't even keep these thoughts of you from passing by. We are not as strong as we think we are. We are frail, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, forged in the fires of human passion, choking on the fumes of selfish rage. And with these, our hells and our heavens, so few inches apart, we must be awfully small and not as strong as we think we are.
1: Okay, so that sounds like a song almost to God, right? Yes, it sounds like a quote-unquote Christian song.
0: It was written by Rich Mullins who is a quote-unquote rich uh, uh, Christian artist, mm-hmm. but if you ever ask him about the song, well, he's dead now, you can't ask him, but if you would have asked him about the song, he would have told you that that song is about him breaking up with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even like, it, it, his point is not about, you know, a Christian, even a, a Christian point, It's it's about how frail he feels after his breakup. Right, okay. <laughs> which which blows me away right Mm -hmm. Uh, And he he actually has like albums about love and loss and breakup songs (laughs) i remember one of the lines you know uh maybe we can take a motorcycle ride and let the wind and the freedom untangle our lives right and this is supposed to be from a quote-unquote christian artist and Again, understandably, there are a lot of allusions to Christian themes in that song, right? We have Joshua, right? Uh, God parting the waters and the sea. uh, uh, All these different, you know, um, the master said that faith was going to make these mountains move, but me, I tremble like the hill on a fault line just at the thought of how I lost you. Yeah. And people are singing this thinking about, oh, this is a guy who's repenting to God. And he feels like he's lost it, right? But no, it's about a girl. (laughs) And my point in this is that it's very interesting what we, in our minds, can say, well, this is sacred and this is secular. Mm -hmm. Because in Rich's mind, this was not a Christian, quote-unquote, Christian song with a Christian point. Yeah. It was a song about loving and losing. That was the That was the point of the song. So is that, does that make that song secular?
1: Yeah. See, And the the interesting thing is, um, I I was saying that, that what makes a song a Christian song is the agenda. Well, if his agenda was to speak about his breakup, then technically it's not a Christian song. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, I was reading this book by um, Andrew Peterson uh, called Adorning the Dark. And he's talking, of course, he's a, a quote unquote Christian artist. He's and he's talking about the writing creative process. And right. um and he was talking about this a little bit and um he was talking about um the agenda and how it's the agenda the, the, the problem is when the agenda trumps the art. So when the agenda becomes more important than the artistic quality. And so if you were to ask the average person on the street, what's better, Christian music or pop music? Like quality-wise. What what is most people going to say?
0: The, the, oh, they're pop music, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're going to definitely say that pop music is better quality than right. Christian uh, music. And if you say, do the same especially with movies, okay. Yeah, if you say uh, Christian movies, <laughs> what what's better a Christian movie or a non-Christian movie undeniably a non-Christian movie right <laughs> yes and so his point is the reason why these things have this this uh connotation on them is because the Christian agenda has trumped the art like it's more important to get the truth out than it is to be beautiful and what I think is 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 not being understood is that the beauty itself is Christian in itself, and so don't compromise one for the other. Use them both. You can do both at the same time. Um, so there's a quote that he mentioned by uh, uh, Madeline Langle who uh, wrote the the book. Um, uh, A Wrinkle in Time, which was recently made into a kind of a trippy Disney movie. (laughs) But um, anyway, she wrote, art that isn't good is by definition not Christian art. While on the other hand, art that is good, true, and beautiful is Christian art, no matter what the artist believes. And so what her point is is, is 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 that if it truly is Christian, like if Christ is the center of it, then it's going to be beautiful. If yeah. you're if you're forcing it because you're trying to get your message across, you're 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 losing the beauty of it. I'm going to make a weird analogy because I'm a weird person. Uh, That's, go ahead. Okay. So, do you ever see the old sci-fi movie The Fly? Like, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to talk about the the, 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 one, the very secular movie from 1986. Now, this is a remake of an older movie with Vincent right. Price. But I want to talk about the,
0: the Jurassic Park.
1: Yes, uh, Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. in this horror movie from the 80s, <laughs> he's trying to teleport things from one pod to another pod, like across the room, break them down molecularly, send them across, and bring them back, and because right. he's trying to to do away with travel as we know it, or you know revolutionize yeah. travel, and so he for, he can get objects inanimate objects to move without any problem. Like, but if it's organic, if it's a if it's a living thing, it comes across messed up. Like he he puts a, a raw piece of meat in like a steak in there, and he transports it, and it breaks it down molecularly. It goes through the air, and it comes back. And he cooks it, and it tastes horrible. Like, it's like, what's wrong with it? There's something not right about it. And he finally figured out the thing that he was doing was he was doing the math of it, and he was looking at it from a very uh, analytical standpoint, but he was ignoring the beauty of it, taste, senses things of this nature. So how he actually figured out how to get the teleporter to work was by injecting spirit into it of sorts. Like he he taught the artificial intelligence in the machine to think about the taste, to think about the, the quality and the beauty of things. And so it's like you have these two elements. You have truth and you have beauty. You have heart, you have mind, you have... Um, those the things all work together. You can't separate them. When you do, you get a worthless product. So even if, um, even or I say a worthless product, a lesser product. So uh, Madeline Engel's uh, statement is, even if it's Christian, like in agenda, if if the spirit of creativity, like if if the creative spark of God isn't used in it. It's not going to be Christian art. It's not really reflecting Him. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. So a good a good analogy of this, I you know I've heard for the longest time that what makes a Christian song Christian is the lyrics, right? Right. Or the 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 focus or the the um, the point, which what you're talking about, uh, or the what's it called the the theme of the. The agenda. Yeah. The agenda. Um, but I think about classical music for a second, and I think about some of the greatest classical writers of all time. Would you consider Johann Sebastian Bach a Christian artist? <laughs> he didn't, n- none of his songs have lyrics, but it's some of the most beautiful music that we will ever have, period. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you look and you see some of his quotes like, at a relevant performance of music, God is always at hand with his gracious presence.
1: Right? Yes,
0: yes. And you think about the fact that this guy, his heart was to write the most beautiful music he could for the glory of God. Hmm. Right? So the thing is, is it's it's not the lyrics. It's it's not the words that we put forth. To me, it's the person.
1: Yes, yes, right. It and it's the inspiration. It's the spirit. It's the heart. It's the the things that God, like if if God has remade us, and we are regenerated, and our hearts are toward Him, and we're creative. He's. Well, and I think we're all creative, but right. but some of us are just creative in different ways and and bigger, more apparent ways. Um, and we can
0: you know definitely talk about
1: that too absolutely but, but go ahead well i, I want to look at uh jesus for a minute okay so the word christian the word christian means christ like or little little christ yeah. so it's like we're we're meant we when we put that label on something it means we're like him right and but if but in most cases a lot of Things that wear Christ's name are not a lot like him. Um, and if we go to John 1, um, you know, that's like um uh, that's like this definitive explanation of Jesus as being God, right? You know, right. The, the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and, and you have all this. Well, I want to look um specifically at uh where was I? verse 14 in this in this passage. So he says, <clears throat> the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of this only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, mm-hmm. two different things, grace and truth. There is truth is the non-wavering um ideas of, of 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 a non-false side of of God right this is uh, being honest truthful bringing a message of salvation grace grace is beauty it's different grace is unearned favor it is um it is unexpected Explainable um, because we don't deserve grace, but yet He brought it anyway. Grace is a beauty; it's a beautiful thing. And think about like when we jump ahead three chapters, when John, when uh, Jesus meets the woman at the well. Um, oh yeah, she wants to know about worship. She wants to know, oh, well, where should I worship? Uh, should we worship in the hills like my ancestors? Should we worship in the temple like your ancestors? And he's like, none of that's important. And that's exactly what we're talking about. What did, we, what did we even talk about early on, the whole difference between worshiping in the mountains versus worshiping in your church building? She asked the same question. And what was Jesus' answer?
0: He says, truly, I tell you, the, the, the one who will worship me will worship me. A time is coming when you won't worship either on the mountain or in Jerusalem. He says, true worshipers worship me in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. This is a huge huge game changer because what he's he's actually saying, and I've heard people butcher this uh this verse. Oh yeah. But what he oh. but he's he's actually saying that once once I have fulfilled uh the law by dying on the cross and rising again, the Holy Spirit is going to actually indwell you. Mm-hmm. And that is you will be worshiping simply by being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This is this is a game changer. For for eons before that, they had to go to a place and do sacrifices or do these things. Yeah. And Jesus is saying simply by being and by the Holy Spirit, by being a new creation, you are going to be worshiping me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what he's saying. That's that spirit and truth thing. Yeah. That's That's what it means, and so if that's the case, then literally everything we do as a new creation Mm -hmm. is worship.
1: Yes, it's all. That's
0: exactly what it's all sacred. Yeah, that's what Paul says over and over again. It's all sacred. Yeah, Um, First Corinthians chapter ten. I want to read this one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hang hang on to that thought because I want to I want to get to that too because that's big. Um. But the one thing I want to finish with the with the woman at the well thing is yeah. what is when when he says spirit and in truth, he also you know, I've heard that 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 passage used completely wrong my whole life. Right. Like everyone wants to take the word truth and make it correct. Like it, it wants to try and make it like you have to worship. <laughs> you have to worship in a certain authorized fashion, and that is not what. In fact, it's the opposite of what he's saying. Right. She just asked him, what's the proper way of doing it? Should it be here? Should it be there? And he was like, none of that matters. The, the mechanism of it is not what matters. What matters is spirit, so heart, the, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit coming out, the passion, the feeling, the uh, and everyone talks about, oh, feel good, Christianity is a bad thing. Stop that noise. Feel good Christianity is a good thing, but it has to be coupled with truth. So yeah. it's it's like don't throw out the baby with the bath wash Don't throw out the emotions. Don't throw out the the zeal, the passion, the all of that is so important. In fact, it is as important as the truth. That's why they're both there: spirit and truth. And so when he says truth, he's not meaning uh, he's not meaning a particular worship. Uh, rule set he's no. t- he's talking about is it honest is it yeah, tr- not hypocritical? yes not hypocritical which people actually use that verse and become hypocrites about it because they can't hold their own standards but anyway um so I, we talked about the the tv show the chosen that we've been watching oh, yeah. so the episode where this woman at the wells story happens I kind of like how the how the dialogue happened in the script, so she wait is that season two no, it's the last episode have you not have you not seen it? I have not seen it oh maybe I should I just,
0: well was it the no go ahead go ahead
1: oh well I don't want to spoil it for you because it's no, so good do it. Do it. so do it. but anyway, she's saying she's she's she said she talks about all this and i want I want this if you're really the messiah and he he was like um that we're going to worship in spirit and truth. And then he says heart and mind, which is awesome. That is a great analogy of what the text means. Oh yeah. So, so he says heart and mind. And then she goes spirit and truth. And he says, yes. She says heart and mind. And he says, yes. And she says, you promise? (laughs) He says, yes. And she's like, I'm going to go tell everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And because it was like um, it was like the walls come down at that point. Sure. And so I guess my point is that when your agenda your agenda can be there, it can coexist. We can do songs about Jesus, but don't give up. Don't give up the heart. In fact, when you add the heart, when you add the spirit into it, it just becomes even grander and even. Uh, Bigger. Um, a, couple oh more, a couple more things I wanted to bring up before we jump into um, your 1 Corinthians verse. Um, he says, I was reading through this, this book uh, by Andrew Peterson, and he was talking about this, and he said, um, he was talking about how sometimes he gets envious because he's a performer, and he goes to these concerts, and he says, whenever I'm at a Paul Simon or a James Taylor concert, there's a part of me That wonders what my career would have looked like had I pursued something in the mainstream. It sure looks fun. What with the crowd so delightfully uninhibited, unlike my typical church audience, who never dance and aren't exactly rowdy. But then I consider my calling. And my calling, as best as I can tell, came around the same time I was 19 and had fallen in love with Jesus by way of the music of Rich Mullins. So, the point that, that he's making in it is that he's not holding a grudge against not being in the mainstream because he feels that he is, he has an audience that needs to hear what he's, what he's saying. So he has the agenda, he has the heart and all that, but he's a little bit down. Why? Because his audience isn't dancing and singing and making a ruckus. And I've experienced this at Andrew Peterson concerts. In fact, we went to um, a concert in Tyler, I think it was in Tyler, Longview, somewhere over there, and we went to this, it was this huge uh, Baptist church, and (laughs) it was packed full. It was the Behold the Lamb thing, and it was beautiful, and I wanted to jump up, like so badly, like I (laughs) I wanted to stand, I wanted to shout, I wanted to raise my hands, and we were all sitting in those pews, shoulder to shoulder, like we, like our, like our uncles had just died, our moms had just died. You know, it was like, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> is what I wanted to, to shout because, it was like, so stoic. Oh yeah. And I guess the point I'm making about this is that there's nothing wrong with dancing and shouting and singing, but because we. Viewed that as secular, oh, we better we better tone that down if we're going to be in a sacred place. You see, <laughs> and of course, I go to places like Haiti, and they do, and they don't do that. Like it's That's yeah. different. It's a it's definitely a modern
0: uh, Western civilization mindset and Christian yeah. quote unquote mindset. Yeah. and it, it it's I don't know if it comes from a place of. anxiety about worship or i don't know what it is it's it's amazing to me though and something we can take from our pentecostal brothers and sisters mm-hmm. or you know some of the other mm-hmm. radical is that they're uninhibited in a lot of what they do yeah and they allow they allow the spirit uh, to work and then there are other times where like rich mullins one time came off of a stage and somebody said, man, did you feel the spirit really moving? And he said, I don't know how you could feel that it was so loud in there. (laughs) So there, there are certain times, you know what I mean? There's certain aspects of that. Yeah. But the, is this, again, you keep going back to it and you go, but the truth is it's, it's all about the fact that we're indwelled with the Holy spirit. So everything we create, then, is sacred, yeah. And and this entire world is sacred, yes. To to the Christian, um, uh, chapter ten of First Corinthians, it says in verse starting in verse twenty three, uh, this is right comes off of the crusp of uh, Paul is beating down the Corinthians because they're being stupid and doing <laughs> a lot of things wrong, right. And it comes right on the crusp of warning against idolatry, but then he says this. And it's really, it's powerful. Everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible. Not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Eat everything that is sold in the uh, meat market without raising questions for the sake of conscience. Since the earth is the Lord's Mm. and all that is in it. I'll say that again. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. To the Christian, everything is sacred in the earth. If any of the unbelievers invite you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising question for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is food from a sacrifice, don't eat it. Out of consideration for them and for the sake of your own conscience, don't eat it. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanksgiving... Why am I criticized? Because of something for which I give thanks. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. That's a big mm-hmm. thing, right? Here, yeah. yeah. And basically, what he's saying is to a Christian who has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who's being led into righteousness, it opens up all avenues of worship and everything, everything is spiritual. Um, David Crowder wrote a book, Sunsets and Sushi, a long time ago. Yeah, I love that. Talking about the very point. Um, the, the fact is that everything is sacred now,
1: mm-hmm. from the sunset
0: you watch to the sushi you eat.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> the other scripture I had, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Which is very interesting to me. Paul's talking to Timothy and he's warning against demonic influence. (laughs) This is what he says now the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. What's he saying there? He's saying that there will be demonic influences on hypocritical liars, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And these are Pharisaical liars who are being hypocritical. They forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods that God created to be received with gratitude by who we believed and know the truth. For everything created by God is good. There's that repeat uh, repetition there. Yep. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, since it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Translation is everything for the Christian is sacred. Yeah. Everything. Sex is sacred for the Christian.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Eating and drinking is sacred for the Christian. Talking to friends, going on nature walks, playing music or painting a picture is sacred. There is no such thing as secular for the Christian. Yes. Listening yeah. to Paul Simon is sacred, mm. right?
1: Because we see the beauty of God in all of it. Yeah. Which is great. So, anyway, you know, that one passage that you read there in 1 Corinthians that you began with, 1 Corinthians 10, yeah. all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Uh, sure. Th- this is the second time like he 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 mentions this in the in the Corinthian letters twice um where where he says this and it's it's a it's a it's an argument against legalism um, Right. but what he's saying is he's also saying you love people so be courteous like care about yeah. a, care about other people's feelings and watch what you do not because you can't or not because this is secular and you shouldn't touch it but be wise about how it's going to affect other people. Like be be chill. Don't don't be rubbing um, this into somebody's face. So um, a great example of this would be our modes of dress and and things of that nature. So wearing a wife beater. Yeah. So yeah, I'm wearing my wife beater right now. Um, I honestly would not show up on Sunday morning wearing this. Is it because I can't? No. 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 <laughs> it, it's because well, for one, I would I don't want to have to explain it to everyone I talk to, <laughs> right? So Hi. but we but we were conditioned to think okay, this is the time when we dress up and and whatever. So a, a better thing, a better comparison would be like for example, if I go out with friends I'm going to dress differently than if I go to my office business party. Right. I'm going to dress differently. And it doesn't have anything to do with when I'm secular and when I'm sacred. In fact, neither the office party is going to be considered sacred in anybody's uh, eyes. And going out with my friends isn't considered sacred in anybody's eyes. So why is it different there? Well, because I'm just simply discerning the event and what, and being mindful of what's appropriate in a social acceptance way like it has nothing to do with sacred yeah. and secular. And so it's the same thing with our church. We 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 don't dress up for we shouldn't dress up for church because it's church because it's holy. But I've heard arguments that that's why we dress up is because we're coming into the house oh, yeah. of God. You know, and it becomes like you're wear you Sunday best, right? Yeah, you're lifting up the moment you're lifting up the building, you're lifting up the event to a level it shouldn't be. Like and yeah. and so uh so anyway, I I this it's a good point that that he's making because we are to be wise and we are to love people. And some people are gonna be, you know, having problems with some things and maybe we should use some wisdom about what we do in front of them, et cetera, et cetera. That being the case, it also doesn't mean that you have to go to the least common denominator and just stop doing everything because there's always going to be somebody offended. Right. If, if you're doing that, then you lose your liberty completely. And we're called to liber- liberty. We're called to life abundant. And so there has to be this balance of that.
0: It has to be in spirit and in fruit.
1: Yes. Yes. There has about- to be. Mind and, and, and heart.
0: That, you know, you don't go you don't go and like just pig out and make yourself um you know, debauch yourself because <laughs> that's what you know because you can you, right. Right, you can the, the point is this you're wise and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and that's what makes it sacred, by the way, yeah. is the Holy Spirit's leading you. Well and um,
1: some people would take offense to, for example, um, Charles Spurgeon's quote, you know, uh, I'm going to smoke this cigar to the glory of God. Someone okay. who's opposed to smoking would say, oh, that's blasphemous or that's, blasphemous. you know, whatever. And in reality, that's actually very biblical. Like that's that's uh, because if you're going to smoke a cigar, the best way to do it would be toward the glory of God because He created that, uh, and our knowledge of it and and how to use it and that sort of thing. So, it is something you can celebrate.
0: It's amazing to me how many glutton preachers condemn smoking <laughs> and yet they eat their steaks to the glory of God every, you know, <laughs> every day yeah, or their cake, or whatever. And that's, that's so true. Was it who was that that walked into Spurgeon's office one day? He was smoking a cigar. It was another preacher, and he pointed at the, the guy pointed at the cigar. He goes, That is not pleasing to God. And Spurgeon pointed a finger and poked his stomach, and he goes, That is not pleasing to God. <laughs> that him. It was so funny to me, but it's so true. We pick and choose what is sacred and what is not, right? That's
1: correct. And it's, it's nuts.
0: Um, I had this really good quote. It's kind of like shifting away a little bit again, but from John Foreman of Switchfoot. Yeah. I thought I'd. Yeah, do that. It's awesome. Okay. So Switchfoot uh, is supposedly a Christian band, quote unquote. And uh, he was interviewed in in 2013 for this radio station. And they asked him, are you a Christian band? Right. Because it's hard to nail down Switchfoot to be a Christian band. And John Foreman, this this was his answer. It's just brilliant because it's exactly what we've been talking about this whole thing. And mm-hmm. he says, to be to be honest, this question grieves me, because I feel that it pre- represents a much bigger issue than simply a couple of switchfoot tunes. In true Socratic form, let me ask you a few questions. Does Lewis or Tolkien mention Christ in any of their fictional series? Are bachs, sonatas Christian? What is more Christ like? Feeding the poor, making furniture, cleaning bathrooms, or painting a sunset? There is a schism between the sacred and the secular in all of our modern minds. That's mm. brilliant. Yeah. He just nails it right there. The view that a pastor is more Christian than a girl's volleyball coach is flawed and heretical. The stance that a worship leader is more spiritual than a janitor is condescending and flawed. These different callings and purposes further demonstrate God's sovereignty. Many songs are worthy of being written. Switchfoot Switchfoot will write some. Keith Green, Bach, and perhaps you have written others. Some of these songs are about redemptions. Others about the sunrise. Others about nothing in particular. Written for the simple joy of music. None of these songs has been born again. And to that end, there is no such thing as Christian music. No, Christ didn't come to die for my songs. He came for me. Yes, my songs are part of my life. But judging from scripture, I can only conclude that our God is much more interested in how I treat the poor and the broken and the hungry than the personal pronouns I use when I sing. (laughs) I'm a believer. Many of these songs talk about this belief. An obligation to say this or do that does not sound like the glorious freedom that Christ died to afford me. I do have an obligation, however, a debt that cannot be settled by my lyrical decisions. My life will be judged by my obedience and not my ability to confine my lyrics to this box or that. We all have a different calling. Switchfoot is trying to be obedient and to who we are called to be. We are not trying to be Audio Adrenaline or U2 or POD or Bach. We're trying to be Switchfoot. You see, a song that has the words Jesus Christ is no more or less Christian than an instrumental piece. I've heard lots of people say Jesus Christ, and they weren't talking about their Redeemer. Jesus didn't die for any of my tunes, so there's no hierarchy of life or songs or occupation, only obedience. We are, we have a call to take up the cross and follow. We can be sure that these roads will be different for all of us. Just as you have one body and every part has a different function, so in Christ we who are many form one body and each of us belongs to all the others. Please be slow to judge brothers who have a different calling.
1: Wow, that's so good. That's ex- I mean, it's, it's exactly like he worded that so well. That's, that's exactly what yeah. we're talking about. Um, nails it down.
0: I love, uh, Rich Mullins would say, um, you call me a Christian artist. Let me ask you, is your plumber a Christian? <laughs> and the person would be like, I don't know. It'd be like, well, if he is, is it Christian plumbing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the whole point. The truth is this as Christians, everything we do in, in painting or writing or well, doing a podcast is but, Christian.
1: and, 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 <laughs> one of my main points to even wanting to do this is not necessarily to get on everybody for putting things in boxes as much as it is because we do that. We're missing out on stuff like, Amen. like God has shown himself in so many beautiful things around us. And the fact that we're not seeing it as worship, that we're not glorifying Him, in those things, sells Him short, and it and it and we're yep. the ones who lose. We're the ones who are are. Uh, I mean, it's it's like as I have gotten older, it's weird. It seems like the simpler things of life thrill me more than the more complicated ones. I mean, I used to be all about trying to dig, and find. You know, learn more and to and to grow in knowledge and and to become smarter in my biblical theology and and all this sort of thing. And all the time I was doing that, I'm, I might be studying this while I was outside and missing the beautiful symphony around me or be, missing out on what I could be experiencing. And uh, you know, this morning is so cool the way the spirit works and moves and these spirit symphonies. This morning, I uh, opened up Instagram and went to John Mark McMillan's uh, feed. And he did, of course, we're in the COVID uh, season, right? And, right? and he, like many other artists, are performing songs from, he in particular, from his basement. <laughs> and he was doing right. a rendition of What a Wonderful World. Now, this is a quote-unquote Christian artist, right? singing a song that was made popular by Louis Armstrong um, years ago. And, um, and he wrote a little something about it that I thought was really insightful. And it was along these same lines. He was saying, you know, sometimes we don't, we're not paying attention to what's going on around us. And he says, we're so interested in trying to figure out why one plus one equals two, that we're not even asking the question, why is two even important? Or, or even noticing how beautiful one is all by itself, like we're we're not seeing the forest for the tree type of, of thing, and right. and uh, and so anyway, I wanted to read the lyrics of that song because that was was not written with Christianity in mind. It it um it it was it was written you know uh, years ago, but. <clears throat> It's not considered a Christian song. This would be considered a secular song. But, yeah. but listen to the words. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, What a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the sky, also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, How do you do? What they're really saying is, I love you. I see babies crying and I watch them grow. They'll learn so much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, What a wonderful world! It's cracking me up. Like it's uh, it's, because how many times have we heard that song? Like that song has been around forever. But if you really think about God in this, like if you see him in it, like this is a praise song, pure and simple. Like (laughs) that is a song of praise. It doesn't mention Jesus. It doesn't mention, but it is a song of praise. Why? Because... Who is the creator of the world? Who is the Lord of this world? Like, God is sovereign over all of it. And so to see beauty in it is to see beauty in Him. And even the choice of lyrics, the bright, blessed day and the dark, sacred night. I thought that was so spirit symphony. This, the night wow. is sacred. The Everything you experience out there in nature is is sacred and what a wonderful world Amen. it is because of it. So anyway, <sighs> um, all right. So do we have news or anything of that nature? Um,
0: Actually, I think, I think we'll save it for next week if that's all right. I'd like to okay. end on
1: that note. Oh yeah. So that's, that's great. We've ran pretty long actually. So, <laughs> So that's that's cool. All right. Well, I want to go ahead and get out of here. I know you've got, uh, you've got some, you've got
0: a date. Oh
1: yes. (laughs) Oh my.
0: It's about to get sacred tonight.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, it's going to kill me. All right, here we go. All right. Well, let me hit the thing here. The (laughs) Theo are part of the great commission transmission network. Using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Visit our website
0: at theonoxpodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on Ice Tunes, Stitcher Radio, your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience.
1: There are several ways that you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to Theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line 972-885-7270.
0: Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts and like us on Facebook
1: at facebook.com slash Theonauts. And if you like us and want even more Theonauts and want to help us whenever our equipment blows up in our face like many have done so far... <laughs> You can drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts.
0: Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches
1: of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, bro. Love you. God bless you. This has been The Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. Love
0: to hear from you. Are we clear?
1: <laughs> no. You tuned
0: in to the Oops. GCT Network. This is, your great this is your great commission transmission at GCTNetwork.com.
1: You know better than that. You ought not say that word.